0: It's a really sexy song. It's a really sexy song. It's a really sexy song.
1: Okay. It happens here and it finishes
2: here.
0: Two men enter, one man leave.
2: two word review, just a shit sandwich. I won't go the record after the last one.
0: That right there is a logical logical power.
2: Welcome to Chunky Glasses, the podcast. This is episode 28, I believe. Uh, we are not in the rock basement. We were in Paul's basement. Hello, Paul. Hello. Uh, with his new dog, Kenobi, who is around here tearing some shit up, I believe. That is correct. You'll hear him crunching. Time, hopefully not much more. And because we mastered the internet, uh, Madeline is able to Skype in or hang out in with us. Hello, Madeline. Hi. Um, has everybody been good for a week, I guess? But, you aren't hearing. It's crackly. Oh, that's fine. It's not crackly in the thing. Um, yeah. So uh, this is the podcast where we talk about uh, some music news and some albums, and normally drink a lot of beer. Right now, we're just watching the dog. So let's <laughs> jump right into the news uh, and go. <laughs>
0: Like a uh, fantasy medieval O.C., Game of Thrones is adding to its music cred by, uh, by putting Sigur Ross onto season four. They're joining the previous appearances by the Hold Steady and the National. I'm uh, not entirely sure what they're going to be doing on there yet, but they'll probably be dressed up in medieval clothing maybe while somebody gets
2: killed. <laughs> we can only hope by boredom. Um, Bruno Mars is booked to uh, play the Super Bowl, uh, causing mass outrage. I know I, for one, don't really care about this, but uh, Paul or. Actually, Madeline, you're one of the younger generation. Are you a Bruno Mars fan?
1: I'm not. No? But Why? I I mean, I honestly don't know that I've ever heard a full Bruno Mars song. Really? Um, my dad likes Bruno Mars. That's about as much as I can tell you about him. I think him. that's about all we need to know about Bruno Mars. <laughs> Honestly, that's about
0: all you need to know about the Super Bowl halftime show these
2: days. uh, Springsteen played it. Prince played it. Right. And
0: Beyonce played it last year. And Black Eyed Peas played it. And Madonna played it. It's ever since the, the Janet Jackson event back in 2002, the point is to try to get folks with broad appeal especially uh, to people who don't normally watch football since that's the audience that they care about for the halftime show and who isn't going to piss anybody off.
2: Fair enough. Um, next story, Vince Gill uh, confronts the uh, Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, I'm sure everyone listening knows who those, are, those people are. Uh, they're sort of horrible people. Uh, see if we can play a little of the video clip here because it's highly hilarious what he says to see
3: then skill what in the world are you doing out here? More I'm just,
2: importantly, I just
1: came to see what hate looked like. Well, more importantly, what no, are you doing with out, another man's life? I came out to see what hatred really looked like in the face. do you know that divorce plus remarriage equals adultery? Jesus Christ don't said know that? that. you fuckers are lucky? Jesus Christ that you don't said have that. But a sign that says something about my wife? Jesus Christ said that. Did he? You yeah. you know what else he said? He
2: said, said a lot of stuff about forgiveness, about grace. You guys don't have any of it. Yeah, but
3: how are you going to get over that
1: big hurdle that's in front of you? I'll tell I've seen you.
0: you on TV, man. You're a big dipshit. You know that, don't you? I don't care what you think. You
3: know why I'm way no. out here. I don't
2: care what you
1: think. Okay, well, good. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, he's
2: just my duty. What are you calling there? You calling Michael? Good boy? Are you, you guys Phelpses? Basically that's Vince Gill, uh, (laughs) walking up to them and one of them says, Vince Gill, like, what are you doing here? And, uh, he says, I just came to see what hate looked like. And I guess they're protesting now the idea that divorce is adultery by
0: how? Uh, it's something that real hardcore Christians and hardline Catholics, especially, uh, believe, I know these are Baptists, but like you see it on uh, where if you don't have the marriage annulled, or or in Strange Christianity where there's no such thing as annulment, then even a civil divorce does not get rid of the marriage in the eyes of God so you get a divorce, you can get remarried civilly, but you're always married to that first person that you were married to so since 13 years ago, he got a divorce and married Amy Grant they're protesting that marriage of 13 years. Interesting.
2: Yeah. His, his response. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
1: Where did this confrontation happen?
2: Outside the church. Outside the Westboro Baptist Church.
1: Oh, so. No, wait, still, I, thought
2: thought
0: that, I thought it was outside his concert.
2: There? Oh, is that. No. Is it? Uh, they were
0: protesting his concert.
2: Let's oh, see. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, it is outside his concert in Kansas City. So they've been following him around. Um, but his response was, says, what are you doing with another man's wife, blah, blah. And then he looks him dead in the face and says, don't you know you fuckers are lucky that you don't have a sign that says something about my wife. I mean, you know, Vince Gill back in the day was a badass, but that sort of confirms it. So, um, And finally, Arcade Fire finally, finally released their latest single with the new albums coming out in October. Uh, it is called Reflector. Uh, I, I guess we'll, we'll just put a link on there. Paul, you haven't heard it, so you don't really have a reaction to it. Uh, Madeline, you've heard it. Uh, first off, are you an Arcade Fire fan?
1: I am. I'm a pretty big Arcade Fire fan. Right.
2: Um, um,
1: I don't know that the single necessarily lives up to all of the hype that was going on leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I was in Brooklyn a couple weekends ago and saw, like, Reflector Graffiti and got really, really excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I don't know. I listened to the single, Reflector
0: and it's, Graffiti? It's... I need to stop that for a moment. Hold on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so there was this whole big graffiti campaign uh, leading up to this. I mean, it was everywhere. And uh, they just painted on there, and it's the logo, uh, which is quick scour the internet. You can do it. It's like a... Like a circle divided into, like, I guess the, the nine members or so of Arcade Fire. Um Yeah, and like I said, it's you even sent me a, I think a picture of it, didn't you, Madeline? Yeah. Yeah, and I was just like, meh, <laughs> like, see. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, so you were saying, like, you don't think it lives up to the hype.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a good song and mm-hmm. it's really great instrumentally but it kind of drags on. I mean, it's it's over seven minutes, and I feel like if they would have cut it down, it would have been a lot better. And I mean, of course, it's cool that David Bowie is a guest singer on it. Um, sure, sure. But and I J- honestly was. A- oh, sorry. No,
2: James Murphy produced it too.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess just everything that. All the talk that's been surrounding this album, I had a little bit higher expectations for the single, but I'm still really excited to hear the album and think it'll probably maybe reflector will fit in better on the album yeah
2: they've always been a band cool. of they've always been a band of uh, context and uh, mm-hmm. and every single they release like when it comes out first like it's just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense this uh, like a lot of things lately makes me just miss uh, LCD sound system because it sounds <laughs> yeah, it sounds very much like something James Murphy would do. But just getting Arcade Fire to sing, that having been said, when you mix that with the Talking Heads, you can't really go wrong. But at the same time, there's nothing to get like terribly excited for yet. So, yeah, we will see. Um, That is news, and now we'll move on to talk about Janelle Monae's new album, (laughs) uh, *The Electric Lady*. is the second song on Electric Lady uh, Giving Them What They Love the song featuring Prince he is one of the many uh, guest stars on this Her, I believe it's her third album it's the fifth and sixth Movements, fourth and fifth movements in some weird robot sonata—a seven-part robot, a seven-part robot sonata. You can see on the
0: bottom of the uh, uh, of the album cover, she's got five dots full now, so with two more left to
2: fill. So this is this is sort of in the right between the second and third acts. Is that is that how it would be? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, Paul, you are—I'm uh, a big fan too, uh, but uh, I think Paul, you might be a little bigger fan. So why don't you? Uh, Starts off
0: well. It's this is one of those albums that uh, even though I guess it wasn't that long ago that she put out the Arch Android, it seems like everybody's been waiting for it forever. Mm-hmm. And you know, I really think it lived up to what I expected. She's again doing some really innovative things, pushing this narrative uh, R&B sound that she, that she's got into new directions. She's got the she's got the hooks for some radio friendly stuff, but there's also some really, I think high concept pieces to it. And I just love the narrative structure. I mean, you give me good songs that are about like androids in and a dystopian future. And I can probably deal with that. Right. Right.
2: I mean, it's a, it's a weird component to it that, uh, uh, you either buy into or not. Um, but she's really, really invested in the Android thing. Uh, I actually read, I read a piece. Um, I forget where it was today. Uh, talking about how sci-fi nerdy she is and that she will just talk about this straight-faced in interviews about what all this means uh to her uh and I guess the gist of it uh, what is her name in the Electric Lady
1: Cindy Mayweather Cindy
2: yes Cindy Mayweather uh the gist of it is like a android who fell in love with a human uh, which is against all like prime directives or some shit <laughs> it's just the music musical odyssey of this uh the arch android i think was more about uh the direct results of this this is uh plot wise speaking feels almost like a I don't know, like a one shot extra to take it into like comic book land yeah it doesn't directly fall into the timeline, or um... I don't know. I,
0: I, and I, I think that a few more listens will help process it a little bit more. But I, I feel like uh, the Arch Android was more of, as you were saying, the direct consequences of the android falling in love with the human and the fallout after this. This has more of a revolutionary feel to it,
3: mm-hmm.
0: especially when you get to that uh, that interlude for the fifth suite right there when they're talking about you've got. An android club that's welp- welcoming other people in, but it's an- but it's androids first, and then everybody can come in after midnight. Clones
2: but and it, humans after midnight. Yeah, it's. <laughs>
0: I mean, it, it's subversive
2: like that. And you know, she's
0: she's been, as you said, very open about not just talking about her influences, but right. talking about uh, directly how she's using the android to examine the concept of otherness in a way that's just a little bit outside of uh, what we actually experience today. Yeah. So I think she's getting to play with that in a little bit more of a. It, last time it was more of a relationship, other an individual, other. This is pushing more into like
2: the societal. Right. Otherness. Right. Madeline, are, are you uh, familiar with the, like her earlier work, or is is this the first you've heard of her?
1: I've heard some of Arch Android, um, and I actually saw her open a couple years ago for of Montreal. Yeah, I was there. Oh. Yeah. Um... So, I mean, I am—I've been familiar with her and her career, not not so much the like the depth of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of feel like it doesn't maybe come across on first listen, and it definitely requires some like background reading. Yeah. So I I view this album and maybe just her entire um, career as a an investment, and you know you have to really sit down and. Um, be devoted to what she's doing, um, which isn't a bad thing. It's just it might not go over well with people who are into that sort of thing.
2: Right, right. And I mean, and, and just at, up to this point, we have just been talking about the overall plot. I don't think we've actually talked about the music. Um, the Arch Android, it was uh, a, sort of a mashup of like soul and a lot of stuff that was going on in hip-hop at the time. Had uh, like big boy... Um, from outcast guesting on that uh this uh is falling squarely into i think like 80s land and sometimes like bad uh bad power ballad soul ballad 80s land uh i know the one you guys said you you loved uh with miguel what is it uh Primetime? prime time prime time right i don't <laughs> ah shit i should have found it there's a song... I used to wake up every morning um, in the 80s to this horrible radio station. And it was just... It, it's where my love of the 80s comes from, actually. But there's a song like Waiting for a Star to Fall. And I, I know you know it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw it in under this while we're talking. Um, but uh, it is like... like—it's Some of it sounds like that. And primetime just sounds like... Like, they really wanted to, like, impress, like, Luther Vandross or something. <laughs> well, I think,
0: I, you know, I think Primetime is just, like, it's a really sexy song, and coming where it doesn't well, the album is...
2: That's it. I don't think it is. I think it's, it like, the, the thing about, like, that type of music in the 80s was that they was trying to be sexy, and it was so hilariously not sexy. <laughs> I,
0: I think it works in the context of the, of the album right here. Like, I, it's not what they're pulling for the singles and right. the good cause but it's very different than than what came before, and it kind of kicks off a new phase mm-hmm. of the album itself right there. Um, I think it works, and I think that's a lot a lot of what works about it as an album are the contrast between the songs and the way right. they transition to each other yeah if i just if I just heard it on the radio out of context, and i didn 't know it was Janelle Monet i 'm not saying that I said like this is my jam, but uh listening to the album uh it's one that you know really made my ears perk up going through
2: well, it. you know I right and listened. you really liked it too madeline right
1: yeah i mean i definitely agree with paul that maybe out of context it would be a little bit cheesy but one of the reasons i really liked it is because her voice is just so perfect and crystal clear
2: there is and
1: that. i think you know you when you're listening to her albums you don't get her performance aspect that she infuses into the live show yeah. and she doesn't really as far as i know she doesn't play any instruments so chan- like the points where her voice shine in my opinion are like some of the high points of the album because that's kind of
2: yeah I, it's um yeah, and and there's a there's a stark difference between like album and performance if you've seen her like it's unreal like she's playing in the Lincoln Theater up here in DC and I don't understand that because, like... Yeah, people, I don't either. People are just going to, like, get up and dance and then people are just going to be like, no, do not dance during the Lincoln. Um, yeah, I mean, and that is one thing about her. Her voice is damn near perfect.
0: Is it possible that she's trying to start a revolution in the Lincoln theater? <laughs> like, just everybody
2: dances and nobody I mean, can I stop know. them. Uh, maybe. I, mean, I hope
1: that's what happens. No,
2: I'm sure it's, it's what happens. I, I, uh, but... You know, it's just um, it's just a lot of times when I was listening to this, and I, uh, if you listen to this and Arch Android back to back, like this, um, it seems like she's sort of conceding some things, her weirdness and and a lot of the genius of Arch Android to make more like pop, which may be her goal. I mean, she's the face of Cover Girl now. Well, so... you know,
0: I think that's interesting because I think that they're. There clearly are some good hooky singles on here, and they pulled, you know, they pulled those first for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but come on, Arch Android had Tightrope. It's not like this yeah. is a new game for her right here.
2: <laughs> it's a little more aggressive on Arch Android, though. I mean, she's and a bit like the the first single, or this is the second single, like Queen with Erica Badu. That's just not a good song.
0: Well, I I, I actually that's one of my least favorite songs on the album. Yeah, it's um, just. But it's, I don't think it's a bad song, but it's not, and I can see why, why they chose it for radio play. But I think that in the, you know, in the context of the album, it doesn't do anything for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of, uh, like I said, I mean, like, Madeline, you were saying, like, you know, the stuff that it requires repeated listens and you have to, like, pay attention to it. I mean, you can certainly let it gloss over you. And, you know, just, like, whatever. But when you do, like, you understand this larger narrative and stuff. And um, that was one of the attractive things about Android. that, like, you have to. I mean, Tightrope is pretty accessible. But uh, I think that's about the only song really on that album that's that accessible. Uh, on this, like, y- you can go every other song. And, I, and, like, I think this is brilliantly sequenced. I think the interludes are hysterical. They're great Like They're just amazing Um But Let's actually hear uh, Are they
0: Are they the best interludes Since Bone Thugs and Harmonies East 1999
2: Best since like Ice (laughs) T.O.G. Original Gangster Um Let's uh Let's hear uh, Electric Lady Uh And then Come back to this All right, so that is the, uh, that's the that's title track from um, the album. There's Electric Lady featuring uh, Solange, who is uh, Beyonce's little sister. Although I'm not sure which part. Is she just singing or is she the one delivering the rap?
1: I am not sure. Well, I need to find that out.
2: Because it's a nice little like, thing. I again. think she's
1: the one rapping. Is
2: she? If she is, like my, <laughs> my respect for her I went th- way up. Because I was like, damn.
1: Get it, girl. I'm pretty sure it is. Because, okay. I mean... I'm pretty sure that's Janelle singing.
2: Yeah, so I mean, that and that song is an example of of not only just her sort of perfect voice, but that, I think that's where it's not overly poppy. Like, yeah, like I, it. I mean, it's certainly a pop song, but you're not going to hear that on on the radio anytime soon, unless she makes a video. So that means you probably will. But
0: when, when yeah, I mean, have <laughs> they picked a third single for this yet? So no, it might be
2: but between that you get into that um you know we already talked about prime time um Dance Apocalyptic is a weird one because the video is sort of phenomenal uh and and keep on going down uh one of my favorites on the album is uh Ghetto Woman um it's it's all uh yeah it's just a weird thing it, at the end of the day though like I was saying this being sort of a sidestep for the larger narrative uh I think I like it uh narratively a little better than I actually like Arch Android because she has more fun th- Like it-
0: I I think I can see where you're coming from there. It's uh there's a little bit more surety here because, you know I, I think there was there was some anticipation about Arch Android, but she was as you guys pointed out, opening for Montreal. Yeah,
2: there was was nobody. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And now she's one of the faces of CoverGirl. She's collaborating with everybody. Like She's a hit maker, and she's had time to really develop this. So Mm -hmm. I think you're right. Like, she had more time to work on the structure and probably more money to put into the production. Oh, yeah. So that's helpful. But there's... You know, I like some of the little oddballs on Arch-Android a little bit better. There's some stuff that pops yeah. out at the end, like the collaboration she did with Of Montreal on there, where you're just kind of like, where did that come from?
2: Yeah, and it makes, it makes sense. Like, it's not, it's not uh, artist or style of music that you expect to hear that even, like, weird like pop psychedelia in. Um, and, it, and it was just sort of steeped in that, uh, Arch-Android. And this, it's a little stripped of it in favor of, like, these sort of skits. And stuff Which work uh, But the framework I mean this is It's an hour and nine minutes mm-hmm. It's being released as a double album um,
0: And I'll be honest I love that And I love it because it, it takes some real stones I think these days When everybody's looking at singles And moving on To say No, no, no Not only is this a concept But right. it's a long concept and if you want to get it, I expect you to listen to it, and
2: listen to it again, no, and figure this. it out. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't that doesn't make it, like, good.
0: It doesn't make it good, nah. but when you do it well, it makes it better, I think. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, there's a lot I mean, of crap
0: that comes out like that, but you you know you're shooting the moon when you do it, and when it works, it's fantastic.
2: But, I mean, how much better would this have been if it had been 45 minutes? It wouldn't be. You don't think so? I don't think Madeline, so. what do you think?
1: I don't know. I felt at times like it was kind of long. I mean, I think it's impressive to put out a pretty solid album with 19 songs. Kind of. Sure. I was actually thinking about that earlier. Like, it's rare that you get an album that's longer than, like, I don't know, 13 songs lately. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she puts in, like, it's like a extra EP at the end or something. So,
2: yeah. you're I mean... definitely
1: getting your money's worth. Um, but... You guys like the interludes? I would actually do without them. Really? So, yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm on the fence about them because on one hand, add to the narrative, but on the other hand, they're just kind of to me they interrupt the experience of listening to the actual music.
2: Yeah, um, I can see that. Now, it is it is a callback to like old school like hip hop. Uh, and 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 they still do it today, but it is like where uh they did these interludes and stuff just to break it up it was like skits um yeah so
1: i'm i mean like on one hand i see i definitely see what she's doing with them and i can appreciate them but i guess i i don't know i'm i guess i would be on the fence about them but they definitely play into the length of the album so mm -hmm. it, it would be interesting like if if those were gone and like um i don't know
2: just one or two songs I mean, it, it's.
1: I feel like the like she has the two overtures, and those kind of signal to me the two suites. Sure, sure. With without the interludes. Yeah, um, well, I
2: mean, those are. I, I, I'm pretty sure that'll be the side division in the LP. I can't imagine. Right. It. I can't imagine it wouldn't be. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's just, like, it's high concept. With which, which I agree with you, Paul. Like that. Yeah, it's awesome when somebody does this. Like and like you said, Madeline, like it's nineteen fucking songs. Like, n- like nobody is doing that. Um, but the reason nobody's doing that is because a lot of pe- most people can't. And while it's good to see someone try, like I'm not. There's just parts of this where you're floating through, and you're just like, yeah, okay, I'm out. And it's like, oh yeah, I get sucked back into it.
0: Well, I, I guess my counterpoint on this would be that. I think that most of those, at least for me, those points are going to be different every time you listen to the album. Yeah. I, I think of it more like more like a novel. Like There might be a side plot that you're not as enamored with, but it adds to the texture of the whole. Like Maybe there's a character you don't like that much and the author wants to go down a 30-page path of giving a little bit yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. You don't like that piece, but it adds to the layering and the texturing of the whole.
2: But it's also a completely different medium. And it's something that you don't see, like in music. Now, I, I agree, but I, she's,
0: I, but she's very clearly taking a novelistic approach. I,
2: absolutely, so. yeah. Like, if this was was uh, some an actual narrative, whether it be a novel or a film or something, like it would almost work, like a little better for her vision. I mean, it is fascinating that she's like just dedicated. I mean, there's not going to be albums in between that are not of this subject. Like That is fascinating that you start out like she started out, I guess the first one, she was like made 500 copies. Right? And is getting the opportunity to like do this. And instead of being like oh, you know what record company you want like, you want a whole like duets album with Solange. I'm doing the Android thing (laughs) until I'm done. That's awesome! But like, there's so much potential room for like not failure, well there's a lot of room for failure, but just like where it's just not working. Um,
3: I
0: almost. I just got like, a lot of respect for. I get, I'm gonna do the Android thing until I'm done. Yeah. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No. That's that's really admirable because like you have Sufjan Stevens who was supposed to do like a, an album for every state and he quit less than halfway through. So like and, and why? I think it's
0: less than halfway through. Didn't he only do two?
1: Yeah, so I mean this not even like sucks. 5. So I think it's it's really cool that she is going to stick with it, mm-hmm. but with with this particular album going back I guess to like how there are maybe times where it's kind of you lose interest. I almost feel like the album is kind of top heavy in the sense that like she has four out of five of the guest people yeah in the in the top half and like that I personally think the first half is way better than the second and while the album flows well as it is I would have maybe liked to see her spread out the guest appearance a little bit more um, yeah. yeah. and maybe that would have made it feel a little bit more cohesive from start to finish in terms of um, holding your interest yeah
2: I mean I mean, kicking it off with Prince is not really fair <laughs> <laughs> that's like <laughs> hey I got Prince to play on my record here it is yeah I mean, and if
0: you've got Ricky Henderson you know you gotta lead them
2: off yeah
1: <laughs> I mean I'd, I think it's I I'd, I like the Prince song that high yeah. up but maybe yeah. like Erica Badu and Solange and Miguel could mm-hmm. have come a little bit later
2: yeah I do not know um I do know that she'll be uh, like I said she'll be at the Lincoln Theater uh she's gonna to continue to do this it should be interesting to see how this album uh, performs and how it's received uh, Pitchfork gave it the weird uh best new music but then an 8.3 right that's their, which is like yeah we gotta talk about this album and yeah, but.
0: that's there it's gotta be best new music but it's not as good as we want it to be right
2: right um but they also yeah <laughs> less, less said about Pitchfork the better um uh, <laughs> So, um, I think that's about all about that. Uh, unless anybody else has anything left to add. Uh, Madeline, what are you going uh, to come down on as for that?
1: Uh, I would say stream.
2: Stream? I
0: mean, buy it.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to buy it, uh, and I'm going to wish I liked the whole thing every single time. But I think <laughs> supporting an artist doing this uh, is important, unless sucks I don't know alright uh, so that is the shortest podcast in our history I think This was 20th podcast uh, we'll be back next week talking uh, probably from my basement uh, we're going to talk about management or MGMT if you will uh, they have a new one coming out you can hear it right now we'll put the link up uh, it's streaming on RDO um, I'll
0: throw in some thoughts on the first volume of Mind MGMT by Matt Kent
2: okay <laughs> uh, and I think it's a uh, Sebado or something else. I don't know. But uh, Paul, thank you for having your basement open to us. Thank you for coming over, uh, Madeline. Thank you for skyping in and be a good intern and get us some coffee, please. Uh, Not but by the way, uh, now Madeline is officially our intern, so she is going to be taking over. Yes, uh, she is going to be taking over uh, producing some of these podcasts. So when did they start to suck. <laughs> Hey now! <laughs> uh, no, they'll be fine. Um, but yeah, we they'll will. They'll be amazing. <laughs> There's gonna be all glittery unicorns. And That's not true. Okay. Uh, alright, we will see you guys next in-
3: It's a really sexy song.